This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Praise the Lord. Wonderful to be with you guys again here this morning as we continue our series, um, Change Your World. Family, I sense in my heart and my spirit that God is busy preparing us, positioning us. I believe there's going to be such a mighty outpouring of the Spirit in signs and wonders and miracles. And like Apostle Theo said, people will have dreams and visions about what's going to happen in this church. And we need to get in the river. We need to get in the flow. Amen. I'm not saying this so that you must come to church. I'm telling you, I sense it in my heart. Not thus says the Lord, I sense it in my heart. There's a wave about to happen and explode. Amen. How many of you are ready for that? Praise the Lord. Well, let's open up and pray. Uh, pray, And as I do, let me thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the wonderful privilege of once again speaking to you here this morning. So, Father, we thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I make it known that I do not trust nor depend on my limited human abilities. I'm trusting in you. So, therefore, let the word go forth, changing the hearts of each and every person under the sound of my voice. And in advance, I will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, come on, shout amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So when the Lord Jesus completed his assignment here on earth and paid the price for us, we just need to accept it, be saved, and then we can go on to go to heaven and be with many other people that got saved. Amen. So like Jesus, he completed his assignment, went on to heaven. But hey, family, you and I are still here today. And so we need to complete our assignment before we go to heaven. Amen. And that is called the Great Commission. The commission is repeated five times in the Bible by different accounts and by four different authors and different versions of the Great Commission. So the first one is here in Matthew. He says, Jesus speaking, saying, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Say this with me. Go is the instruction. In Mark, this is the second account, he says to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Again, say this with me, we are to go. Come on, say that again, we are to go. We're on a mission. And then the third account is here in Luke, with my, with my authority, Jesus speaking, take this message of repentance. Wow. Wow. To all of the nations, beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins to all who turn to me. Confess, saying this, we're on a mission. We are to go. Amen. The fourth account we find here in the book of John, as the Father has sent me, Jesus speaking again, I am sending you. So confess and say, I'm on a mission. I'm on an assignment. Amen. If we look at the fifth account here of the Great Commission, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. 
My witnesses in Jerusalem, which is your immediate area, your suburb in which you live, and then in Judea, which is your city or your province, and then to Samaria or the othermost parts of the world, which is all around the world. So we are to evangelize around us in our cities, in our countries, and then all over the world. We're on an we're on a mission. Say that with me. We're on a mission. I am on assignment. Like double seven. But everybody will know. It's not like, really, you're a Christian? Not that undercover, okay? Just come out a little bit, okay? So some might say to me, Pastor Johnny, yeah, but why do we have to go out there into the cold and serve and do all these things on serve day? It's gonna be so cold. Hey man, family, I don't know about you guys, but as I said, we're on an assignment, we're on a mission, and we are to plunder hell and we are to populate heaven. Come on. So we're starting with our conference season now. And as you know, we've had our Freedom Conference about two weeks ago with Pastor Michelle. We had a great time. Many people were set free and then came together to celebrate how they've broken out of that and how they've obtained victory in Christ. And then pretty soon, we're gonna have our youth conference that is happening. We're on an assignment, amen. And so after that, we're gonna do our youth camp, sorry, our children's world camp. Say with me, we're on an assignment. And then pretty soon, as you saw, our leader connect, our business conference with Vusi. How many of you have heard of Vusi? I mean, you wanna go to one of his conferences, you're gonna pay two and a half thousand rand. Yeah, 500 tickets only, 500 rand. Family, it's gonna be an amazing day uh, with him and uh, we're really gonna be uh, listening to a lot of things. But that's something else. But hey, we're on an assignment. Why are we doing that? I wanna attract the world, the followers of Vusi that is not saved because they're gonna come, amen? And we wanna get them to become part of what we're doing here. And then lastly, we are planning manhood in the middle of June. Hey guys, it's inside, no rain this time. And it's definitely inside, no cold, okay? So it's gonna be amazing on Saturday morning. I mean, whilst we were planning it, we had some ladies around the table that said, we would like to come as well. So they said, no, it's men only. Cause we're gonna eat, hey guys. We're gonna have some bikes doing some acrobatics and all kinds of things in the mall maybe, or maybe on the outside, I'm not sure. We'll just check it out. But we're gonna have a lot of, we're gonna have an expo. We're gonna have a, a massive crash site in here. I think a UFO landed in here or something like that. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have a great time. Hey men, because we are on assignment. Amen? And all the men said, and the lady said, go. Thank you for helping us with the Great Commission. So in week one, we saw Pastor Jenny spoke about how we are to be salt and light and how to make things right and value people. And then last weekend, we saw Pastor Andre spoke about that we need to know who's who in the world around us and how do we connect with people? How do we change our world? And how do we use our influence to get to people? So today, my message is very simple. I promise you guys, it is not complicated. It is, the reason why it's not complicated or why it's sometimes a challenge because not a lot of people are doing it. It's not complicated, but not a lot of people are doing it. So therefore, the title of my message is, we cannot reach what we cannot see. We cannot reach what we cannot see. Last weekend, Sunday evening, you'll remember, it was pretty cold, right? Pretty cold when we left here Sunday night. 
Obviously, if you were in church, you would know that. You know, if you were snugged up nicely, like you guys watching online. No, I was at home, Pastor Johnny, drinking hot chocolate. Any case, all right? But any case, so as we drove home, and in, as we turned into our last street before we get home, uh, as the lights fell on the corner, we saw a homeless man sitting up against the wall with a flimsy little blanket. And we could see, because we knew it was cold outside, flimsy bang, blanket, and he was cold and he was hungry. And as our lights lit him up, we saw him. And immediately, Pastor Simone said to me, I'm coming back and I'm going to give him some food and a blanket and something, whatever it is that I need to do that. And in my heart, I felt, yes, me too. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So we made some food and we took it back to that person uh, 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 because we saw that he had a need and we needed, because we saw him, listen to what I'm saying, because we saw him, we needed to reach him. You see, if I knew he was there and I just drove off, hey, I don't know about you guys, but that will mess with you. That will mess with you. We turn our heads away many times uh, when we see a homeless person. I mean, how many of you have seen those guys in the car? They're like robots, man, like statues. The guys here, like, I see you, focus. Because you see, if I don't see you, I don't have to reach you. Amen? I mean, <laughs> let me illustrate it to you this way as well. Many times, let's just say you, 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 you took an off-ramp and you quickly, or uh, you wanted to put in some fuel and you're on this road because the traffic is just like bumper to bumper. And as you put in the fuel and you want to get back in, you want to try and get back into that traffic, guess what? The guys are just there, man. They're just there, all right? They're just not, not seeing you, okay? All right? And are you trying to get in there and get in closer and closer and closer, but nobody's seeing you, all right? Because they just focus on the next car in front of them. And then sometimes what will happen, inevitably once or twice it's happened to me, that they would have a passenger, and then the passenger makes the fatal mistake, or in this case, good. They look at you. Okay? And the minute they look at you, you can go like, And I'll tell you what, you've got to be pretty brazen to like, they inevitably say, and they smile because they see you in need. They would say to the driver, you know, and the driver then has to look, okay, I see you. I have to now reach you. Okay, fine, fine. I don't even know what I'm doing, uh, talking about. Are you that one? Maybe you're sitting next to that one. No, I'm only kidding. They see me, and now they have to respond to me. Amen? Sometimes some people do it on purpose. I mean, because you, you know, the minute I see you, I'm I have to reach you. Okay? We just do this. We just sit like this, and we, we're so focused. But meantime, when you're driving, you're looking all over the place. My wife always says, yeah, I'm, I'm sightseeing when I'm driving. Yeah, wonderful. Look at the mountain. But I mean, you say, look at the mountain. I must say, look, okay? The minute I see it, it's on me. But when we don't see it, sometimes we cannot even be aware of the needs that exist in our community. Because we don't see it, we don't reach for it. But if I see it, I can reach for it. And today, hopefully, I'm going to be speaking to your heart to open up your eyes so that you can see it, so that you can reach it. Amen? Let me tell you this story 
set it up for you. Here Jesus is arriving. He's on his way from Galilee on his way to Jerusalem. And he's coming through Samaria. Only did it once or twice in the Bible that he came through Samaria. And he gets to the city of Shechem. And there we find Jacob's well. A well that feeds the whole community. And this is a Samarian area. Jews and Samarians don't mix. Jewish men don't speak to women. So here we have a racial barrier and we have a gender barrier. So Jesus comes to the well and he smashes both the gender barrier and the racial barrier by speaking to this woman and her being a Samaritan on top of that. Jesus talks to her about her relationships, that she's had five husbands before. In actual fact, you're living, you're shacking up with one. I've just put that in. It's not really like that in the Bible. I just put it in there, okay? You're shacking up with somebody. And she then turns around amazed and says, you must be a prophet to know all these kind of things. And she's so impressed with Jesus. And then she realizes that she is in the presence of greatness. And Jesus demonstrates then to her how great he is by telling her, I will give you water and you will never thirst again. Something bigger was going on. But nobody as yet could see what was about to happen. Now let's pick it up in John. It says here, just then his disciples returned. Because they were away to go and find some food. So just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman because you don't do that. But no one asked, note, no one asked two questions. What do you want, Rabbi, or why are you talking with her? They walked up, they were surprised, they couldn't see it as yet. They couldn't see that Jesus was reaching in to, to win this woman's heart to God. They couldn't see it. All they saw was the racial barrier and the gender barrier. That's all they could see. But none of them even saw that or asked the question. No one asked the question. And it's amazing that John in the writing or the Holy Spirit would include this, make it so obvious, hey, no one said, what do you want? Because they could have said, Rabbi, uh, can I help you? Do you maybe say, uh, let me get the water for you, okay? They didn't ask that. No one said, why are, we, why are you talking with her? I mean, she's a Samaritan. We Jews, we don't talk to Samaritans. Racial division. They did not ask that because they couldn't see it. Amen? Look what happens then. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back. She left it there because her village was just around the corner. Went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? He goes on to say, they came out of the town and made their way toward him. And meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Let's go to the mug and bean. Now all of a sudden, they are aware because now all these people are coming out and they're like, wow, you knew this about this woman. We want to know, is this the Christ? All of a sudden, they become now aware something is happening. They're starting to see it, but not fully. But he said to them, it goes on, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. 
Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him some food? You see, family, they missed it. They could not see what God or Christ was doing. Goes on then to say, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's my food. That's our food. That's our mission. That is our assignment. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you reach it? Amen. Do you not say four months and more and then to the harvest? Amen. So Jesus both diagnosed the problem. They couldn't see it. And then he gives a solution of what needs to happen. Goes on to say, I tell you, open your eyes. This morning, I want to say to you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Amen, family. Jesus is saying that you, we are not seeing what he is seeing. The disciples did not see the things that he is seeing. They had spiritual nearsightedness. You know what it means to be spiritually or nearsighted? You can see well here. Yeah. I mean, you can even see the hairs. I mean, I, I'm nearsighted. So I can see even the hairs on my, I can see how my cells are breathing even. You know, but you ask me like, uh, like, uh, like 100, 200 meters, it's not, not that great. But here I can see. And sometimes we have spiritual nearsightedness. We can see everything well. I can see my house. I can see my wife. I can see my children. Everything here, I can see it. And I reach for that and I take care of it. But there, I can't see it. I can't see it. Amen? And you can tell if you're nearsighted. You can tell if you're nearsighted. Let me show you. If God answered all my prayers, would he change the world or just change me? Amen? Let me illustrate it to you. There's approximately 7.6 billion people on the earth. 2.4 billion claim to be Christian. So if Jesus were to come today, 2.4 billion people will go into heaven and live eternally with God. But 5.2 billion are lost and are not going to heaven. Can you see it? Let me illustrate it to you better so that you can see it. You can't see it yet. During the floods in KwaZulu-Natal, 400 people lost their lives. If I were to stack them up, if we were to stand, if there's another person here and another person here, back to back, all right, bum to bum, well, no, not bum to bum because then it would be like that. But you know what I mean, okay? All right? In front of one another, okay, with no space. If I were to take all the people that died in KwaZulu-Natal floods, it would go from one side to the other, half a soccer field, the, 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 the circumference of a, of a soccer, soccer field, half a soccer field. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of faces, during COVID, 101,000 people died of COVID. If I were to stack them up one after the other, it would be 33.6 kilometers. Face, 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 one kilometer, five kilometers, 10 kilometers, 30 kilometers, 
33.6 kilometers. Can you see it? 5.2 billion people that are going to hell potentially would span, if we were to start on the equator here in Africa, we would have to build a bridge across to the United States. And then there would still be space. And then we would have to build a bridge across the Pacific Sea onto the, into, into, in, into a, 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 a China, and there still would be space. And from China, we'll go uh, through to uh, Europe, and there still would be space, and then we would, go th we would then be in, in Africa. So we would have gone once around the earth. 5.2 billion people that will be lost won't be just once and more space, not five times and more space, 10 times, 20 times, 50 times, 90 times, 100 times, 124 times around the equator. Every one of them represents a face. Can you see it? Open your eyes. Let me talk to you about that quickly. One, open your eyes to where they are. To where they are. In Psalms, it says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. So where they are, let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord direct you into areas that you would normally not go, places you would not uh, stop. Obviously, be safe wherever, wherever you're going. Amen. But let the Lord direct you. Don't you decide what to do. Amen. Divine appointments is going to happen. Okay. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his step. We will have and experience divine appointments, spiritual hot spots in certain areas, families that would normally not listen to you. All of a sudden, they're going to start listening to you, hearing what you've got to say, because you are ordered, your footsteps are ordered and determined by the Lord. Amen. Summarize that point. To change our world, we need to connect before we correct. Amen. We can't just preach off the corners and shout hell and condemnation. We need to connect before we can correct. Number two, open your eyes to who they are. Who they are. We must see people not as enemies. Dr. Yonki Cho, you'll know that he's the spiritual father of Apostle Theo, and he went to be with the Lord some time ago. And he is the pastor of the largest church in the world. And he is also famous amongst other things, but specifically for, for prayer. Prayer is, is a big thing for him. And he broke down the Lord's prayer into an outline and he can just meditate on one portion of that. Let's just say there's 10 points in the outline. Pray for two or three hours just on one point. So he's passionate about prayer. And it is said, and I have not personally experienced it, but it is said that Dr. Yonki Cho, when he prays, um, and he would specifically pray, forgive them as I forgive, or as you forgive me, Dr. Yonki Cho would rather say it this way, Lord, forgive me as I forgive others. Lord, forgive me because I hate many others. I get you, I get you, Dr. Yonki Cho. I, I, I hear what you say. Forgive me because I hate many others. But Jesus saw them differently. He saw them differently. Look what it says here in Matthew. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. 
because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Many of our people that are not here today, that have not come back, I put it to you, I think they're harassed. They're helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. You need to be back in the body of Christ. How amazing was the worship this morning? Amen, family? How amazing was the anointing, the presence of God? Amen? That's why we're here for it. Amen? Number three, to change our world, we don't have to, sorry, just before I get to number three, to change our world, we don't have to be like them, but we have to like them. Amen? Number three, open our eyes to what they need. You see, a lot of people, the 5.2 billion, they need the truth of the word of God, but they also need grace. They need the truth. Because you see, truth without grace is mean. But grace without truth is meaningless. Put them together and you've got great medicine. Look what it says here in John 1. It says, the world became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. The word meaning Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only of the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. And let me illustrate to you two examples in the Bible where Jesus applied, first of all, grace and then truth, and that's the best medicine. We see the story of Zacchaeus, the short little dude. Now I can now say, he would fit me underneath my arm or something like And Jesus was walking in Jericho and he saw him in the sycamore tree and he said to him, Grace, hey, Zacchaeus, today I'm gonna have lunch at your place. Zacchaeus knowing he's a tax collector, he's an evil man, he's taken much more from people than he should have. Corruption was already in biblical times there, okay? And so Jesus didn't say, you mean tax collector, I'm just passing by, man. He didn't give him the truth yet. He gave him grace. Zacchaeus came down. And the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus and Zacchaeus spoke about, only to know when he came out of there, they said, I'm gonna make restoration four times more than what I took. I will give back the truth. Amen? We see the story of the adulterous woman that was caught in adultery. And Jesus said, anyone who has no sin, grace, anyone that has no sin, be the first to cast the stone. And they're all one by one left. Jesus said to her, where are your accusers? He said, well, they've all left. Grace. Then he goes on and he says, truth. Now go and sin no more. The truth. We need to have truth and grace that is the best medicine to win them over. To change our world, family, we need to show people the same kind of love God showed us, unconditional love. We are a church on a mission. Say that with me. We are a church on a mission. Now, John Maxwell says this in his coaching seminars. For those of you, Dr. Andre and myself had the privilege of going to to, to his coaching seminars and he presents it to all people, all walks of life and some, uh, some, some guys that are out there, successful people to become coaches. And at the end of his seminar, he says, tonight after this, for 30 minutes, I'm gonna have a special service where I'm gonna talk to you about God. If you want to, you can come. 
95% plus come back that evening to listen to us. And here's what he says. I'm going to show my God. Or I, 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 If you saw my God, you would want my God. If you saw my God my way, if you saw God my way, you would want my God. And that's his invitation. And 95% plus people come back to church. If you saw my God, my way, you would want my God. You see, people need unconditional love, as I said earlier. People see God as, for example, they see him as a locked gate, not open for business, can't come in, you don't qualify. The view is God can't be reached. Second one is many people see themselves as a garbage can. Their view is God doesn't want me. Thirdly, they see religion as an endless ladder. Their view is God requires a lot from me. But in actual fact, family, the right view is is that God, Jesus, is a free gift. That is the right view of God. It will cost you nothing. Surrender your life to live in perpetual eternity forever. It's a free gift. That is the right view of God. It's not a set of laws, not a lot of do's and don'ts. If you have, if you know Him, you would want Him. If you know him the way I know him, you would want him. The last one is the right view of God. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed at this time. Say to me, Pastor Johnny, I do see God sometimes as a lock gate, so difficult to penetrate in. I do sometimes see myself as the garbage the tin, drum, I'm not sure God wants that. I do see religion as a massive ladder. So many steps I've got to take. But those are all the wrong views of God because that's not the God that I know. The God that I know is compassionate. The God that I know is the one that sees me, that's going to reach for me. Telling me this is a free gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you are here, say, Pastor Johnny, I would love to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of my life. I've heard it. He's seeing me. He's reaching for me. I'm reaching back. Today, I want to restore my relationship with God. Went off the wrong way and I want to come back. I don't want to feel guilty about it. It's a free gift. I want to receive that gift. Thirdly and lastly, I want to know that if I were to die today, that I would go, I would be part of the 2.4 billion that would go into heaven. I don't want to be part of the 5.2 billion that stays behind. So if that is you, at any one of those invitations, I want to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. I want to return and rebuild my relationship. Thirdly, I want to have assurance of my salvation. That is you, the count of three. Don't you raise just your hand quickly to indicate to me and to the Lord and to our helpers that you mean business with us. You ready? One, two, 
three. Raise your hand wherever you are. Say, that's me, Pastor John. That's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. See your hands. Thank you. Workers are moving around now amongst the people. I mean business from this day. I don't want to be part of the 5.2. I want to be part of those that's going into heaven. One more invitation. I'm not going to postpone it. I'm not going to delay it any further. Raise your hand in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, for those of you that raised their hand, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer out aloud. And all of us are going to join in and we are going to make this declaration. You ready? Let's say this. Father in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me so I can go free. You took my punishment and now I'm saved. From this day, I will serve you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.